You're listening to Tim Talks, Taking Interest in Ministry, a conversation between two great friends with over 70 years of ministry between them. Ministering on opposite sides of the border, Dr. Al Stone is the General Director of Bearing Precious Seed Canada and Pastor Emeritus of the Bible Baptist Church in St. Thomas, Ontario, Canada, while Pastor Dan Wolven pastors the North Columbus Baptist Church in Columbus, Ohio. Listen now as Al and Dan review and relate their experiences in hopes of helping others who are taking an interest in ministry. Now, here is Tim Talks. Welcome to Tim Talks. Guess what? Guess what's back? Guess what's been missing in my life for a while? L. Good manners. (laughs) C. Yes, that too. Oh, man, I'm on a a junk food kick this week. Wow. Telling you. It's been a while. I've been trying to eat a little cleaner and. I can't remember the last time I had a really good potato chip. Oh, wait a minute. It was last Kids, week. Kids, <laughs> don't try this at home. Do not eat cleaner at home. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> mm. Nothing washes down an LPC like a TH. <laughs> THC. <laughs> THC. <laughs> oh, man. THCDD. Tim Horton's coffee, double-double. That's the new one. <laughs> T-H-C-D-D. That should be a college degree. <laughs> yeah, there you go. I've got a GTH, graduate of theology. That's that's. They thought it was a graduate of theology. It's a graduate of Tim Hortons all along. I was destined. <laughs> a graduate of Tim Hortons, GTH. And that's the double-double awesome. stands for my doctorate. It stands for my doctorate. That's my whole education in a cup. <laughs> It's all wrapped up in a beautiful red cup. (laughs) All I can say is, whoever gave you a doctor of divinity has no idea what divinity means. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I thought it was diversity. (laughs) Diversity. (laughs) Oh, man. You're rotten. You're a rotten guy. Why are you my friend? I don't know. I'm just jealous. (laughs) <laughs> no, you're not. I'm nothing. <laughs> oh, you're everything. You're everything. <laughs> if anybody should have a doctorate, it should I'm be I'm a you. legend so in my own mind. Oh, yeah, me too. Listen, if I had a college that bestowed those type of degrees, you would have a doctorate. Absolutely. You've earned it. Yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't ask you what a doctorate of. Well, I didn't say. <laughs> <laughs> D.D., D. Doctor of Comedy. Uh, D.D., Doctor of Disney. <laughs> <laughs> doctor of Disney. <laughs> of distinction. <laughs> oh, man. How do we get off on these things? Why, why do we always start out this way? It's just so fun. That's what it is. It's fun. Well, because it's better than ending this way. <laughs> yeah. Well, that we often do that. And somebody said that. I said it a few weeks ago. Somebody said, you ought to take all yep. the last two minutes of all your shows and put them together because it's kind of a recap of all the funny stuff we've done in the program. And and I started listening, and they're absolutely right. It's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> I think and, – and somebody's going to write in and tell us this. Most people listen to the first two minutes and the last two minutes. 
<laughs> Fast forward to the end. But that's why they listen on 2x speed or 3x speed. Oh, you're not kidding. Hurry up and get to the good stuff. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Hey, it's been a great week. Love it. It's Friday, though. Coming to the end. Yeah. And uh, I'm going to let you kick it off today. I'm going to let you kick it off. What do you want to talk about today? Okay. We're continuing talking about preaching and trying uh-huh. to encourage people, both pastors uh-huh. and listeners, uh, yes. just try to give an overview and a little bit a little bit of an education of what uh, what preaching should be, and Lord willing, that we right. would want to attain that, all of us. Um, I want to I want to use a reference here. Uh, we know the words that are commonly used today: moral, immoral, and amoral. So mm-hmm. moral would be something that promotes morality. Immoral is something that is against morality, but amorality is something that people will say is neither immoral or moral. It's sort of out there. It's neither. And I would like to sort of maybe uh, apply that to preaching. I think there is biblical preaching. I think there is unbiblical preaching. But unfortunately today, I think there's a lot of Ah, biblical preaching. Ooh, uh, that's good. You know, an unbiblical sermon would be preaching and proclaiming that Jesus Christ, although he may have been virgin born, uh, he wasn't God in the flesh. I mean, that's completely unbiblical. An unbiblical right. sermon, something that goes against the word of God. You know, you must be saved by grace through faith and hang on to keep yourself saved. You know, that that is certainly something that is an opposite, direct opposition to the Scripture. All of our preaching ought to be biblical preaching. It, it ought to come from the Bible and uh, be supported by the Bible. But unfortunately, I think there's a lot of ah-biblical preaching that's going on that although it isn't necessarily false doctrine, it's not supported in the Scripture either. And I think that we have tur- we are turning into a generation that likes ah biblical preaching because mm-hmm. the Bible does say that there will come a time when people yeah. will not endure sound doctrine. Right. Uh, in other words, going to church and having to think about what you're hearing. Now, that's not an excuse for us to get boring and dull and dry and uh, just try to sound professorial, but uh, we need to be biblical in in all that we're doing. I just heard a a word of the day, professorial, the word of the day. We haven't done that for a while either. Ooh, nice one. Being professor-like, would that be uh, a good definition? Well, good job. Yes, sir. Good job. Hey, this is kind of off topic, but I just came into my mind, so I got to get it out there before I forget. Because man, when you get over fifty, if you don't use it when you got it, you're going to lose it. What would you say is a good length of message time? Now they're going to vary. I know we can't pinpoint a time. Give me give me a time frame that you think. Okay, if I'm preaching, uh, what's a good length of time to give that message to people? I've been guilty many times of preaching too long. 
I, I mm-hmm. really have. I'm, I'm trying to work at that. Um, How long is too long? All long I long? know is the Prince of Preachers, Charles Spurgeon, said in his lectures to his students, he's, he would uh, speak very disdainfully about uh, many of you would probably never even be able to keep the attention of a congregation for half of an hour, he said, and and very rarely is the preacher capable of sustaining interest for up to three quarters of an hour. So if right. if uh, Charles Spurgeon said, uh, I'd try not to ever preach over 45 minutes. Now, right. I can tell you there's some guys that I have heard who consistently preach an hour, and it feels like 15 minutes. I mean, it's, right. it's that good. And they are so used of the Lord. The problem is sometimes we hear somebody who preaches 15 minutes, and it feels like an hour. <laughs> you know, so um, so yeah. if Charles Spurgeon said, aim for about half an hour, 35 minutes, then mm-hmm. I think that he's got a pretty good idea, and many times I've gone yeah. over that, and so I, I am, I'm doing my best to try to rein myself back in, mm-hmm. and not, mm-hmm. and not try to give too much information. Yeah, there was a day when listening to an orator, uh, you know, someone speak, give a give a speech, that was entertainment. I mean, you went to hear people just, you know, talk. Right read a book, you know. Uh, some messages were just read, and that was a great day, but that's not today. And the attention span of people has been geared to a television time slot. Most TV programs, if you take out the commercials, is right around 20, 25 minutes. Um, it's, not, it's not as long as you think. And even longer programs, they add more commercials. So that attention span, and I, I would say whatever type of preaching you're doing, you better... You better judge the attention of your uh, congregation. And if you're preaching and looking at people, you can, you can see when people start fidgeting and get restless. And I, I've had people say to me, you know, the preacher will get up and say, okay, I'm going to preach, and I'm going to preach short, and after 20 minutes, now my second point, and people know, well, we're not going to be here for 30 minutes if he's at point number two. So... Um, I'd be I'd be cautious of that, and, and the same thing. I used to preach 50, 55 minutes, and I felt like I was short because I have so much I want to give you. I have mm-hmm. I'm so excited about what I've got, and uh, to try and cram that into you know 30, 35, 40 minutes, wow, that's tough. But as a speaker, you've got to understand that people sitting there are not often able to absorb all that you're going to give. And I've been to some camps where, you know, you have devotions at 7.30 and you have uh, a Bible time at 8 and you have preaching at 9 and then you have an afternoon missionary and then you have, you know, me and God time and then you have the evening time. And it's it's so much to absorb, uh, especially for a child. Uh, we want to give them as much as we can, and I'm not, I'm not trying to discredit learning the Word of God or spending that time, but we have to be... I think we have to be conscious today of, of time, for sure. That's a little off topic. Take, and, us, take and, us back. And you better know your uh, your event. You know, mm-hmm. um, like, we're used to getting out around the same time in all the services. Mm-hmm. And so what I will do for a guest speaker that we've been, you know, promoting, looking forward to hearing, I will cut out some preliminaries 
to give him a longer amount of time because I, I think in some ways uh, we're, we're looking at that normal time of getting out. And if you keep packing the whole service and then you say, hey, have at it. Well, if he goes past the normal time, it could be you've packed so much information before yes. he even got up that mm-hmm. now he has to cut his message brief and he can't yeah. really make the points that he wants to. So I try to give guest preachers about 45 minutes. Uh, you mm. know, that's my goal because right. uh, it's a special event. It's a special person to listen to. And so we'll try to cut some things out and get into the service rather quickly. So, you know, because it is a different person. Uh, you know, so whenever you're talking about how long should you preach, I, I, I'm talking about as a pastor or as a consistent speaker or even as a guest speaker going in, I always ask the pastor, what time you normally get out? What time do you want me done? Right. And, and a lot of times preachers will say, oh, go as long as you want. And I will say, oh, no, don't tell me that. What time do you normally get out? Right. You know, that's what right. I want to shoot for. And I'll adapt my sermon, take out a couple of points if I have to, but I want to aim for the time that they normally get out. So the, there right. isn't the idea of, well, yeah, that was a great service, but we got out 15 minutes late. I, you know, that generally people aren't going to come back to listen to you very much if if yeah. they, you got out late. Right. I, I've determined that I'm not going to have people at the back door shake my hand and say, well, we were going to go to lunch, but the long-winded preacher, I, I don't want to hear that, <laughs> right? And if you tell me, you know, we quit at 12 o'clock, I seriously am going to try and quit by like 5 till right. 12. I'm going to give a little time. Right. And let me say, you made a great point. When when I come to preach somewhere and it's my first time there, I need I need a few minutes to find out who that crowd is. I need to be able to have, you know, we kind of joke about it called the monologue. I need that time to joke a little bit and and sense mm-hmm. where the crowd is at and what sure the to, spirit of the crowd is. Put the crowd at ease, you know, right. get them to get them to sort of like you. I mean, I don't mean that right. in a carnal way at all, but just, no, you know, no. oh, this guy's pretty funny or this guy's this is going to be they they get uh looking forward to what you're going to say. Right, exactly. And I, I, I'll, you know, with young people, I'll say, now listen, I don't have much time. I'm going to beg you, just trust me. Trust me on what I'm going to give you. And, you know, kind of cut that back. Preachers, put your announcements at the end of the service. You know, you, you don't have to have it in the middle. Put it at the end. People are going to remember it better anyways. And you don't detract from the time of the preacher, but you still get to do all that you want to do. And if you want to have a special at the end of the service, you can do that. And I've, I've begged guys, if I go to speak at a banquet, they're the worst. Um, they'll put the preacher on right after you eat, and it's kind of the conclusion. I tell guys, please, let me, let me preach first. Then do all that other stuff or do all the skits and all the music and all that stuff. Do it after the preaching because people will sit and listen and pay attention for that. But once you start preaching, if you've eaten, it's hard. It's hard if somebody's just talking. So I would give that advice too. So, Yeah, that's a good idea. This is way off topic. We're going to talk about the different kinds of sermons. Yeah, please. And so the the basic, I, I know there's more. So, you know, a textual sermon, a, a topical sermon, an exegetical sermon, I, I, I understand that. But basically, you know, we, we talk about two different kinds of sermons, a topical message or, mm-hmm. uh, you know, a, an expository message. And again, I do think that topical messages can be expository. 
but specifically, a real topical message is generally something that's going to be like, for example, if someone said, uh, why do I need to get baptized? Well, mm-hmm. you know, you could do the whole sermon out of the book of Acts with uh, Philip and the Ethiopian eunuch. But probably you're going to use a lot of other points. And so you're trying to you're trying to get this topic across that is bridging many different verses that you can support mm-hmm. a multitude of Scripture to right. answer this question or to get through this topic. Um, you know, a topical sermon isn't necessarily, you know, it's uh, Remembrance Day or Veterans Day. And so I'm going to preach a message out of, let's say, for example, uh, you know, First Samuel with David. But that's still going to be an expository sermon. You're just preaching on mm-hmm. a, uh, you know, on a different occasion. But you know, a topical message. You know, a lot of times on during the summers, on uh, Wednesday nights, I would I would, uh, you know, say, you know, Pastor, here's my question, and I'd have people turn in questions, and I'd answer those questions right. in a sermon. Right. And so right. you'd need that. I mean, that is a topic, and so you build up the the support of scripture. Uh, you're not you're not studying it to say I have my opinion now let me find some verses to back me up that's still incorrect right. it's here's what the right. Bible says let me try to lay it all out in a way mm-hmm. that it it you can understand it yeah and going back to our definition it's to explain or describe or critically give an explanation so that's exactly it and there there are topics of sin that I've dealt with over the years. Uh, I've preached on homosexuality, you know, I've preached on the the uh, uh, transgender movement. I've preached on uh, some of those things that people ask all the time, can you preach about that stuff in Canada? Absolutely you can. You, you can preach the Bible. And if you're preaching anything else, you're making a mistake anyways. But yeah, I, yeah I've man. dealt with some of those specific things and people do ask questions. And there are times when in our church, I knew there was a problem of gossip and I'd preach on gossip. And I knew there was a problem with people that were disgruntled. And I'd talk about why people are disgruntled. And I would do it from the scriptures. I would use an example of people that were disgruntled in the Bible. You know, Mary and Martha, uh, one serving and the other one's sitting at the feet of Jesus. And one gets upset because one's not working. Hey, that happens in the church. And sometimes you deal with that and you go through that passage and, and give explanation of that. And it, that's a topic. And it, that's that's some good stuff, and I, and I would say some of the most memorable messages um, that our church here in St. Thomas have uh, talked about over the years were those type of messages. Uh, more than oh man, I remember when we went through the book of Ephesians and you you, you spoke on Ephesians three. You know, I, I didn't get that. It was man, you preached that message about hell or sin or whatever. Man, I remember that, and that really impacted my life and. So uh, some of those things. I yeah, think but are, many of those were still an expository sermon yes, because you yes. used a passage and you preached through a passage and, uh, right. you know, help people understand, even though, you know, you're thinking, man, I need to preach on hell. I've done that before. I, I've gone right. through sermons and gone, you know what? I haven't preached on heaven for quite a while. And so, man, I'll pray and I'll read some passages and. No, that one, although it's wonderful, doesn't really speak right. to me. And 
you know, and so as I'm thinking and praying, and maybe I intended on preaching on heaven if I it was my choice three weeks ago, but wow, all of a sudden a passage just sort of gripped me, and okay, yeah. you know, this this is what we're going to do this week, and so uh, or even you know a week or two away, you know, at different mm-hmm. times, of course. So um, I am I am speaking and teaching our teens a purely topical uh, style because we're going through Proverbs. Proverbs Hmm. isn't really conducive to verse by verse. Yeah, verses 1 to 5 together, chapter 8, 1 to 11, surely on wisdom. You can go through the other passages, some, you know, Proverbs 31, or maybe some of the other chapters on the foolish woman or the, you know, something like, but basically Proverbs is so scattered it seems to be so scattered and so i mean many years ago i i did a long study i mean i i'm talking about probably about a hundred hours of uh arranging proverbs in categories and Mm. every verse that dealt with the fool every verse that dealt with pride every verse that dealt with the tongue every verse and so and then out of those i you know really labored and put together uh lessons not sermons but lessons on those topics and so i've been going through them with our teens and so it's it's purely topical but you know i'll be talking about wisdom for a few weeks talking about the fool for a few weeks talking about but that's the way it's uh you know arranged but it's still right you're making application even though you know i'm not necessarily preaching I think most people, when they talk about topical preaching, they're talking about people that preached on it, on something that bothered them or something that yes. became yes. a standard that was became a doctrine, and they were going to teach it as a doctrine, and you're going to he- adhere to this as a doctrine, and I'm going to pull these scriptures in that really don't deal with this, but they have the word in it, or they have some, you know, something. Uh, that sounds good, and I'm going to do that. I think that's what most people are thinking about when they talk about a topical message. And and let's be very transparent. There there were preachers, probably past, present, and future, that have done that or will do that. And that's not that's not biblical preaching. That's not good Bible preaching. That's not the way it's supposed to be. And as you said early on in the week, there there is some preaching that's not really preaching. And we do have to be careful of that. And I would think that anybody that's preaching like that probably is not going to last very long in this day and age. I, I don't think they're going to last as a pastor very long. They might they might be able to gather some people around them. I don't know. Well, but I, I, I think many do. I mean, I really do think many do. But that's that's really what I'm referring to as ah biblical. Yes. Uh, you know, you, you read a passage where, you know, Saul died. Saul fell on a sword. I want to speak today on fall, Saul falling on a sword. Sometimes you're going to have to fall on your sword. Sometimes you and, and they'll go through a whole series of of things that maybe you could find that in scripture somewhere but mm-hmm. it has nothing to do with that passage right. absolutely nothing that's that's biblical you know mm-hmm. you're just trying to find a a neat way of saying something and 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 I did I I went to a bible college where they taught you you know 
use that phrase about 500 times in your sermon to get your point across. And man, I'm telling you, you can hear some really biblical preaching that has nothing to do with the passage is talking about, but yet somehow uh, you'll tie in some quasi-scriptural thoughts, but that didn't come out of that passage. And that's that to me is ah biblical preaching. Do you think today in in the traveling that you're doing and the preaching you're doing, do people want a pound the pulpit in your face? This is what the Bible says. This is sin, and you need to get right. Do they want that kind of preaching today? I could not answer that hmm. because um, just I think people need spirit-filled preaching. Mm-hmm. There are some individuals who are going to be so filled with the Spirit of God, they're going to weep through half their sermon. There's going to be some people that are so filled with the Spirit of God, they're going to pound and rant and rave and foam at the mouth. It, it just everyone reacts differently to how work how God works on them. But I'll mm-hmm. tell you one thing. I, I think truly dedicated believers appreciate being spoken to by the Lord. And sometimes, you know, verbally, uh, or rather I should say spiritually, being slapped around, you know, by the Spirit of God, not necessarily the preacher, trying to be right. as crude and as rude and as and as blunt as he possibly can without cursing, you know, but to be truly gripped and convicted by the Spirit of God. I right. think that's what what people really basically need. And when we repent, when we get in line with the Spirit of God, we're thrilled to have preaching like that. But if we don't like it and we're not going to yield to it, no, you don't want it. I would say that people want the truth. They want Bible truth. They want it with passion. They want it with compassion they want something that they can take home and use. They want application. And we've said that many times. I cannot, I cannot emphasize enough. There is a shortage of application in some of the preaching that I'm hearing today. And we have got to get back to giving people the the biblical formula of how to live Christ in this day and age, how to, how to give Christ in this day and age, and to do it in such a manner that people are excited to receive it and excited to give that message out to others. I think that's what people want today. I hear that from people today, and I, I'm fearful that many are not getting that today. And so that would be my that my my cry. And I'm gonna I'm gonna end with that. Give us give us your yeah, cry. Yeah, I think we'll some people will say, "Oh, that's just personality driven." And I think that that many times is unjust. You know, I mean, I think of Brother Thompson. Oh, yeah, he was a personality, both in and out of the pulpit. Yes, sir. But very rarely, very, very rarely. I mean, I, after talking about, I'm talking about decades of hearing him, very rarely did I feel that he was not being led of the Lord. You know, Absolutely. I mean, and the things that he was saying you know, was difficult to find in Scripture. And and so regardless of how it was presented, man, if it was truth, then I needed it. And so, mm-hmm. you know, and, and 
there's always been the uh, the mockers. There's always been the uh, people that will wind up, uh, you know, being saying it's detrimental, uh, and will claim somebody's a tyrant or somebody's a you know a dictator or you know because the the even the style of preaching you know is uh, so in your face, uh, but uh, that's what God does. I mean. Mm-hmm. You know, it isn't only a still small voice, but he tells his servants to cry aloud and spare not. And so, uh, uh, you know, so, yeah, we're in a different era, but I don't care what era, what nation, what uh, history has gone behind, what language, everybody needs good preaching and everybody needs spirit-filled preaching. I, I would say that uh, I would describe it as this. I, I write my sermons out verbatim, word for word. What, what you hear me say is written on my iPad. There are times when I step away from the pulpit, and I used to tell my church, when I'm, when I'm standing at the pulpit, I'm reading you my notes that I have thought out and crafted. When I step away from the pulpit, I am shooting from the hip, and I am, get, I am saying whatever the Spirit of God lays on my heart at that time. And I want to be that preacher that has a good balance of both of those. I I want to have good study, and I want to be able to give good information, but at the same time, I want to have the Holy Spirit be able to get a hold of me and and squeeze me to say something that He wants me to say to impact the hearts of the people that are listening. And I have found over the years that it's those statements that are made outside of the pulpit that are remembered far more than the ones when I'm standing in the pulpit, if that makes sense. Yeah, maybe just that your notes are boring. boring. I mean, it was word for word Charles Spurgeon. (laughs) A whole nother story. A whole nother day. <laughs> there you go. Hey, I'm Al Stone. I'm in St. Thomas, and I have thoroughly enjoyed this topic. It's It's been heavy on my heart for a while, and I'm glad that somebody did kind of push us to do it. And uh, I would say this, that if you feel that your pastor um, is not sometimes doing those things that you you would need or want to hear, approach him. Pastor, could you do a message on? Pastor, this has been heavy on my heart. Could you uh, give us something on this? Uh, I, I never, I never balked at people saying, "Would you do a message on?" and, and giving me the topic. Or, Pastor, could we go through the book of? I enjoyed that. Sometimes I felt that that was uh, a gift of the Holy Spirit as well, because our people, our people should be in tune with us and us with them. So don't be afraid to do that. So for the Canadian Gospel Project and uh, trying to match $250,000 Canadian, $186,000 U.S., I am Al Stone. This is Dan Wolven in Columbus, Ohio. Pray for your preacher. Encourage your preacher. Don't lie to him. You know, believe me, we know when we've preached a dud or we've preached a bomb, and it's enough sometimes just to say, well, amen, preacher, hang in there, we're praying for you. You know, (laughs) you don't have to say, that was the best sermon I ever heard because we know you're lying. (laughs) (laughs) But pray for us and uh, pray that uh, God opens up our eyes and that we walk with God and uh, we give you the message that God wants you to have because uh, the Bible does say we joke about it. 
But the Bible does say that a pastor is a gift to the church, and it's a gift in order for uh, all of us to grow in the things of God and to learn the Word and to do the Word, obey the Word like what we should. Amen. Hey, do this. Write a message. Write a message. Ask God to give you a message. Write a message and preach it to your family. Teach a Sunday school class. Uh, Go to a nursing home and preach that message and see what it's like to be the preacher and see how much work it takes to get a message together and see what it's like when people don't respond the way you thought. That might be a help to you too. Hey, just some good stuff stuff to help you through the week. This is Tim Talks. It's Friday. We're going to be back on Monday, and a brand new topic for you. Please be ready for that. Uh, Thank you again for listening, but a little bit longer this week, but sometimes the topic just demands that time, and uh, we're so thankful for it. This is Tim Talks. Have a great weekend day, and we'll be back with you trip February 6th to the 6th. You've been listening to Tim Talks, taking interest in ministry, with new podcasts added each Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. To learn more about your hosts, Dr. Al Stone and Pastor Dan Wolven, you can visit us at timtalks.com. That's T-I-I-M talks.com.